Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yes, g'day ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Back Chat. We have a very special guest on and I know what you're all thinking. Dan's going to give him some of his best stats here. We've got oh, one man. of the biggest hitters in modern day <laughs> history. Chris Lynn joins us on the Back Chat podcast. G'day, Linny. How are you, mate? Hello, gentlemen. I'm going very well, thank you. And I'm looking forward to the next 45 to 60 minutes. <laughs> well, it sounds like we're on off with the uh, minutes here. Uh, of course, powered by Fleet Network this year for season 2023. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of that later on. But our very first question we ask, Linny, here at Backchat, we ask the, every guest the same question, first up, every time. We want to know your greatest sporting achievement, not on the cricket field. We, we know... We know what you've been able to do as a cricketer, mate. We've seen it. Everyone's seen it. You played for Australia. You hit sixes like no one else. We know all of that. We want to know what your greatest sporting achievement is not on the cricket field. And before you get into it, Linny, mm. like this is very, you know, when we get the cricket, when we get the cricketers on, we've had Marshy on, we've had Langer on, we've Booney. had Booney on. Yep. You like to share. We have Mitchell Johnson. Well, you like to share. I like share to, a bit but I of... also don't want to make them feel bad about it. Go on, tell Linny. Oh, so you can see there's a cricket ball here. On the, everyone hates that I bring this up. It's very good. Uh, you see there's a cricket ball here up on the table. Um, yep. That's from grand final match where I won player of the game. And that's the ball from the game. Uh, five wickets for 16 runs. Um, pretty good effort. Age group? Under 12s. Uh, under 12s, bowling leg spinners. <laughs> um, and I was 12 as well at the time. And uh, we didn't win the grand final though. So I did. I did all I could. I'm sure you've had this before in your career. I've done. I did everything I had to do to win the game, but the team didn't pull through. A couple of tweakers. You... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't the top order, top five. It was the bottom half. No, no, no. I cleaned up the tail. <laughs> that's for sure. So what do you got Put for the it? parachute on? Yeah, correct. Um, greatest sporting achievement outside of cricket, mate. Probably again under 12s. Uh, yeah. Queensland Rugby League. Um, rugby league was my first sport as a kid, to be honest. Really? Uh, well, favourites, favourite sports. So making that state side uh, with guys like Ben Hunt, Andrew McCulloch, um, James O'Connor with the Wallabies, um, yeah, Janamis Louie, Larry Matassi, heap of guys that have kicked onto the NRL. And I suppose that's why, you know, we've got such a great relationship with guys like you know, with Brisbane Broncos and, and so forth. So I, I think that'd have to be it off the top of my head. Um, Definitely, there's no golf stories in there. No, but, um, that's impressive. Yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit of state, state footy as a kid. Um, you've, you've real, uh, real, real footy. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. Just be careful what you're throwing around the words here. You're, you're a big golfer, aren't you, mate? I mean, have you hit, hit a hole in one? No, I haven't. No, I'm not a big golfer. I just enjoy it. Um, I mean, who doesn't like having beers on a golf course? You know, out in the sun with your mates, gets you out of the house. Um, active recovery, as the AFL boys <laughs> like to call it. Um, but you know, it's great. And, and from a from a business point of view, it's great to network. You know, not uh, 22 years old anymore. You want to get out there, meet new people, and there's what better way to do that than on the golf course? Very good. Um, another question we've been mm. asking, Dan, mm. given Fleet Network are proud sponsors and uh, partners of Backchat in oh, yeah. 2023. Linny, what was your first car? What What did you drive around with your very first car? Any special <clears throat> memories? Yeah, it was a Toyota Corolla. It was 900 bucks. The no. sound system was uh, about 1800 
Oh, mate, it was great. So I, I drive into um, Nudgee and collect the borders on the weekend, try and get them out. My my house, well, my parents, well, what I grew up in was a bit of a halfway house. We, you know, we had a couple of city boys, so we'd always come, come back to mine, pick them up or go to our mates and, you know, there'd be three big Kiwi lag, lads or big, three big PNG boys in the back with the sound <laughs> system. The Toyota Corolla is, like, pushing its limits. Uh, but, yeah, great fun and, and some good memories. Did you have one of those decks that you could like push the button and it would slowly tilt up, like the Pioneer? And stuff like that? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, no, yeah, also come out and you put the disc in. There's so many good things with those. Yeah, something like 50 Cent was pumping, you know, the drill. <laughs> <laughs> what colour was it? Oh, mate, it was like a burnt orange. It was like a jersey behind you. It was horrible, mate. <laughs> hey, don't, 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 no, knock the uh, West Coast Orca. It's one of the, he's like, okay, I don't know what it's called. All right, Lenny, let's get into it, mate. I want to go back to the start for you, um, upbringing and family side of things. Uh, your old man, he was an Australian water polo player, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so, obviously, when I was a junior, getting dragged along to those events, you know, later in the evenings, and uh, he also swam as well, and obviously comes with the territory playing water polo, so... I wasn't a big fan of swimming, but I'm very grateful he threw me into like, you know, into swimming early because it's not just a sport, it's a life sport, you know, it's a life skill. Um, so that's something I'll be doing with my little daughter. But um, yeah, he loved water polo. He's got a lot of great mates. A bit like um, we were chatting about before, you know, Brisbane's a small town, so you get around and I'll actually go to the pub now or Norse Devils Rugby League Club and I'll hang out with all dad's mates. Somehow they all know him. Apparently, apparently he's a decent bloke. So now I, I, I take, I, I'm uh, flying the flag for him now. Um, but yeah, it's, you go down to those events, and I suppose that's what sports. That's what's so good about sport. You get to network and you get to hang out with mates, and not only from guys my era, but obviously in dad's era as well. Did you play a lot of sport growing up? Was that a big part of your childhood? Oh, huge, right? Um, you know, growing up as a kid, it was rugby league, rugby union, AFL, swimming. Played water polo at school. Um, but yeah, that's you know summer, winter. You know, you're always doing something. Um, I remember one weekend I had rugby league, rugby union, AFL. You know, you play two games in a day in a different code. Um, so yeah, it's quite cool. But I think it's definitely taking a toll on my body right now. That's for sure. Well, mate, you said you were the um, state league <coughs> representative for Queensland under 12s, but you were the captain of that side, and you were in the same year the captain of the under 12s cricket team as well. So. How do you – well, how and when do you have to make that choice between getting your head knocked off playing footy, as you would call it, and getting your head knocked off uh, with a bat in your hand? <laughs> well, like, I, I think I made the right decision. I'd rather face blokes at bowl 140 than tackle blokes at weigh 140. You know, <laughs> so it's pretty simple in my eyes. But, no, look, I, I do a lot of coaching now, but I tell kids – well, I, I changed when I was 17, and that was through having a knee, an ACL – um, surgery uh, from a rugby league incident, so that sort of you know made a decision in itself. But um, there's no there's no age limit. Just play for as long as you can. What if I could give one bit of advice? Play for as long as you can because I actually believe you get stronger in other sports through playing different sports, cross training as such. You guys know all about that. It's not new. Um, I, I feel like, which is why I feel I can hit the ball quite hard, and that's from my rugby league or swimming background. That you you know you got a strong core, nice strong base. Um, as all the power comes from your legs and um, it's no secret behind, you know, the football codes that, you know, again, you've, you've got to have strong legs to compete in those in those games. Yeah, right. In your, in your junior cricket, were you that guy because <clears throat> I played with him where that opened the batting and opened the bowling, like just were the best at, at everything? <laughs> no, nah, definitely not. I hated opening the batting. Um, I actually only started opening the batting a couple of years ago in T20. That was it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I always like to hide down number four, wait till the shine was off the ball, um, and then come in after the openers, hopefully do their job. But um, as for bowling, that's overrated as well. They hurt my shoulder too much. So, um, yeah, just I had a motto in cricket, drive more than what you let through. So, uh, it's pretty simple. If I'm not conceding any runs with the ball, then if I make one or two with a the bat, then it's a positive day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so that decision between rugby and cricket, like, do you have to make that, or you, you sort of your progression into cricket was pretty <clears> natural, and you felt like that, you know, uh, uh, you know playing, playing, spreading the love <clears> of sports. I mean, you must have had to make a choice into the professional realm. 
Oh, look, it, it's hindsight's a wonderful thing. You can say that to pump your own tyres up. But I think at the end of the day, if I'm being honest with myself, cricket was always going to be the sport. Uh, I enjoyed actually just going to training Monday and Tuesday in cricket because I knew it wasn't a contact session. I knew I wasn't going to get beat up on like Monday yeah. or Tuesday and look forward to the skill session on Wednesday. Um, whereas cricket, I love every moment of it, um, except, you know, fielding and 40 degrees. That's the only part that I hated. So, um, I was always a winner toss bat type of guy as a junior. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just to just deal with it. But I, I think as going back to your original question, yeah, cricket was always going to be the sport for me. And, um, as I said, I enjoyed it from day one and there was no, um, you know, there's no real decision of, you know, could you have made it in, in this or that? It's just way too hard to tell. But as I said, going back to my original point, I'd rather tackle both face blokes at bowl 140 than tackle blokes at way 140. You look at guys that have played cricket maybe 10 years before you, you know, starting in the early 2000s and the back end of their career sort of you know, coming to an end as you start. I sort of look at the time you've played. I mean, it's a real golden era of especially white ball cricket of, you know, make, you know making money, not that sort of opportunity, but real eyes on the sport. Like, do you feel fortunate uh, the timing of your career? And I know that's something you can't tr- choose, but you've had a good crack at it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a big thing probably why I chose cricket as well is you look at that Australian lineup, people go, who's your favourite player? And you've, it's so like rude if you only choose one of them. Like you go through that whole list, you know, some of the guys you just spoke about, you know, Langer, Ponting, you know, Haydos, um, Adam Gilchrist, Shane Warne, Dizzy Gillespie, Brett Lee, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Um, that's why, you know, you fall in love with the sport because you, you see these heroes and it's not just one of them. You want to be these guys in the backyard, you know, every over there's a different bowler or every time you get out, you, someone else comes in and you want to be that bloke. So I'm um, looking up to those guys. But then, yeah, fast forward to sort of my era, um, mate, it's been it's been a dream. I mean, T20s on the circuit work harder, not work smarter, not harder uh, with the <laughs> T20 stuff. You don't have to field all day like I touched on before. But, um, yeah, look, it's only going to get better as well. And this is, um, you know, if I can be a little bit critical, some of the older players do get a bit jealous of that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to get jealous of the next generation as well because, of, you know, I've got a little girl. She wants to play cricket. You can't be jealous of them, of the money that they're going to make down the line. So, um yeah, it's something the game will never go backwards. The world always evolves forward. So um, we've seen it not only um, in men's cricket, but women's cricket has gone through the roof, which is great to see. Did you, um, in the back end of any of their careers, did you get to play with any of those guys <clears throat> that you really looked up to when you were younger? Yep. Um, well, with and against, um, it was actually probably more exciting playing against them. You know, I, I hit Shane Walton, the Late great Shane Warne for, for a boundary. He should have had me out stumped first ball and second ball I got him. Played against Murrily. Um, oh. First time I, fa- I faced him, he got me out first ball. Second time he got me out second ball. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn a sweep shot here. <laughs> I don't know which way it's going. Um, but yeah, I, I got him the third time. But, um, you know, you just can't buy that stuff as well. And what I think I did really well is... Um, you know, be a sponge around those guys. So many guys be shy and sit in the corner. You know, yes, I do love having a beer. And obviously that era, I love having a beer more than most. So, you know, that talking about the game or after the game in the change room, whether played with or against was so important in, in my upbringing. Um, and again, that's what I want to do for the, for the juniors. Um, you know, I had lunch with Brendan McCullum. He was on the Gold Coast last week and he said, what are you up to? You want to come down? And, Absolutely, because that's how you learn. You know, he's the current England coach at the moment, and it's keeping those relationships, you know, you know, at the forefront of your mind. I think so important in the game, and um, you never know where that will take you. You come into the Brisbane Heat lineup in 2011. <clears throat> so you're a pretty young bloke then. Have you got, have you got um, memories of? I'm assuming there was some, you know, stars in that side above you. Have you got, have you got locker room memories or playing memories of of some of those early days? Yeah, um, well, so the first ever Big Bash game, Brendan McCullum, that was the game where Brett Lee smashed his nose in. Wow. And I, I, I might have been in next in the bat. 
And so I was like, I was rattled. I was like, man, my heroes has been smashed by Binger. And I'm walking in next. And I actually walked out my training top on as well because they looked exactly the same, minus the name and number. I'm like, oh, I better stinker. <laughs> Absolutely. See, I, I'm like, man, just get me off this field. Like, I mean, two hours later, I've shit myself at the best of times. And uh, yeah, but that, that was a great memory. And then off field after that, Darren Lee was a coach. We're at that Ivy Pool Bar, which is a well known joint in Sydney. And, I just remember um, Buff just pretending to be Michael Clem and his jocks <laughs> in the Ivy <laughs> Pool Bar in the nightclub at midnight. And I just thought, how yeah, good's the Big Bash? And then after that, the rest is history. <laughs> oh, 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 that's that good. Buff Lehman do a butterfly down the middle of the yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. Michael Clem. Oh, mate, that's a 100% true story. <laughs> oh, shit. That's so loose. <laughs> yeah, oh, so fun. How many did you make in that in, when you walked out in that first inning? Yeah, how much? Do you remember how many you made? Oh, mate, it would have been. Maybe more than five, but less than 15. Just a quick fire, get me out <laughs> yeah. of there. At least yeah. make a couple of runs. Yeah. Like criticize get do, do, do something, yeah. Very good. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's where the Big Bass kicked off. And look, it's been a revelation since. Um, and, and I think what you'll see over the next couple of years of the Big Bash as well, uh, the, the Players Association working with Cricket Australia and, and the media um, companies, Fox and Seven, we're going to have even better product over the next couple of years. Yeah, I think that's exciting. Um, it's going to be really <clears throat> the game. So um, you, you play some years in, in, the, in domestic competitions. You make your international debut against England, Hobart, uh, 2014. <clears throat> um, you make 33 off 19 in this one. Do you, do you remember uh, representing your country for the first time? Yep, yep. Um, obviously, like, that's probably my f- biggest uh, on-field memory um, or greatest achievement. Anytime you want to play for Australia or make your debut is always special. Rod Marsh, uh, another legend of the game, presented my cap. Um, and, yeah, down in Hobart, quite a chilly night. I think Australia, they hadn't lost a game that um, that whole series, whether it be test matches one day as in the 2020s. They, oh, they might have lost one the whole the whole series, so that was pretty cool. Uh, what I do remember of that game, I, they hit a couple of sixes. Our family was down; it was great. But I, I think what did what did I get? Thirty three off seventeen or nineteen? I should have been thirty seven. I, I hit another four, and he called it leg by. So I was filthy about that <laughs> as a batsman. It's like anything, get off the mark. Like if you just smash your pad or whatever, it, it runs are runs are so valuable because there's uh, few and far days between. On YouTube, you're a bit of a highlight machine, mate. So, um, <laughs> Chris Lynn, um, highlight department on YouTube. Do you watch your own? Do you sometimes jump on YouTube and watch your own highlights? Look, I'll be lying if I said no. <laughs> I'm an honest fuck. <laughs> oh, mate, every, every, everyone does, but that's the beauty of social media. You get tagged in all that stuff, you know, a couple of times a day, whether it's something spectacular or something really dumb. You know, it's all out there. Um, and having played in, the Indian Premier League for a couple of seasons. It, um, yeah, they, they remind you of everything, but they're also great as well. They love the game of career. They're absolutely mad for it. And, um, yeah, it's a good time of year to get over there, especially when the IPL's on, like right now. Dan, Dan, uh, I mean, you're known, for, you know, I, I think predominantly for, for your, your big, big hitting nature and what you've been able to do at international level. But Dan literally said, Chris Lynn has taken the best catch I've ever seen. Yeah. Is that correct, Dan? I said one of the best I've ever <laughs> the seen. The best catch. Yeah, one of the best catch I've ever seen. It was very good. That was when you were at um, the Calcutta's at the Knights. Yeah, Calcutta Knight Riders. So I remember that game yeah. as well. I was my It was my debut for Calcutta. That was, was that game, actually. My, that was my third game that I was facing Murley. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be a successful debut. He's already knocked me over twice in three balls. Um <laughs> But I, I worked out the sweep shot and it was at Charger, quite a small ground. I remember hitting my first ball or an early ball off Murley for six and his head was still up on the scoreboard and it literally hit him straight in the nose and the ball rolled back to him on the field, which um, was quite funny. Um, yeah, his, his head was on the big screen and just, yeah, straight into it. Um, I got to bat with, got to bat with Jacques Callis, um, which was a great memory. In my opinion, he's the greatest cricketer that's ever lived, bat, ball and in the field. Um, and then... Yeah, in the field, it was really dewy. It was so wet out there and I'm on the boundary. A.V. DeVille's is batting. I think they need like six off two and he's hit this ball. Um, he's hit it through and I've slipped over. I was going, oh, fuck, this is my first and last game for Kolkata. <laughs> anyway, I somehow managed off my knees to yeah, go over my head and stay in the field of play and um, 
yeah, again, social media, that what does the rounds and what you get tagged in most days, that's probably number one. Yeah, it was really good. So other- you fell over. <laughs> Sorry, you fell over on the way. Yeah, I, I, I slipped over because it hit it straight in the light, so I went charging and then, you know, went and put the brakes on. I've overrun it and then, like, on my back and, yeah, went up. Have a look at it. It's, it's so weird how I get in that position. Like, I should have just caught on my chest, like, <laughs> taking the piss on. Just a token. Token running the mill straight down the guts and you fall yeah, over. Basically, yeah, basically. <laughs> One of the good things about your highlights as well, the commentary gets so excited. So, like, you wouldn't hear that, obviously, if you're just in your playing. So, you've got to go back and watch them so you hear the um, how up and about the commentators get. Yeah, well, you know what? And this might be a bit more on a serious note. When you haven't played in a while, you, you a lot of guys go back and watch a lot of footage, and I do that. Um, so, I'm heading to England in three weeks' time. I haven't played a game since, you know, mid-Feb. I'm going to actually go watch my highlights from it, my last season in the blast just to, you know, memorise, um, visualise, go back and actually say, you know, if you still got that skill. You know, you, just because you haven't played in a few weeks doesn't mean you lose that skill. And just, you know, give yourself a little pump up. And um, it's not arrogant in any way, but that's something that I like to do and get back in the zone. You get that buzz back that you want to be the man on the field with the bat in hand and, and do something special. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, staying on the serious side then, look, uh, I look at cricket, never played it well, never played at any high level, but it certainly seems like a, a real mental game. Clearly, guys at the top level like yourself, you've got high levels of talent, but you've got to be able to do that regularly and consistently. Like, How much is that visualisation and the belief and the, the confidence levels, like, how much does that play a part? Do you think it plays a bigger part in cricket than it does other sports? Um, oh, I can't speak to the other sports, but I do know the other sports that they, the planning and visualizing and, and the footage that you, you know, the video sessions that you do, it's just the, the, the more you prepare, I guess, the easier the game is. Um, and yes, that's easy to say, but you go out there and you go out and have fun. You've already done the work knowing that you're not, you know, nervous in any way or you don't go to plan B if plan A doesn't work. You stick to your plan A, but, um, I find in cricket, Maybe okay, fair question. Because if I go duck duck, am I going to shit my shit the bed again on the third innings? Um, you know, trust your processes, as they say, and um, it's that mental strength to really go again to trust your skill rather than going away and search for a plan. You know, we look at guys like Glenn Maxwell. We see him play the reverse sweeps, and he absolutely nails them. He, he gets out playing the reverse sweep as well. But you know, the thought process to go into that, there's a there's a big you know strategy or method to his mad, madness as such. Um, it's not just, you know, trying to whack the ball for six um, or, or put on a show for the crowd. There's so much thought that goes into it. And as I said, he's done the work in the nets the, the day before. I don't play those shots because I'd rather just stick to my strengths and do what I um, do what I know. Um, but, yeah, look, as I said, you can't speak to the other sports, but um, regardless if it's sport or even in, um, you know, any industry, finance or building, you know, the planning that they do to – you know, get an outcome is is through the roof if, if you want to be successful. Uh, I spoke to Mitch Marsh on this podcast about <clears throat> him changing his mindset to a more aggressive one coming into the um, T20 World Cup and, and he goes and has that, you know, big game in, in, the, in, the, in the World Cup decider. Um, does, does, does that play a part for you, especially opening now over the last couple of years? Do you have to be aggressive, like, like uh, both physically and mentally? Um, oh, definitely. I think the biggest thing for me is not having that fear of failure. We talk about the consistency. Yes, you can. I've always known to, you know, have a big innings and, you know, go missing for a couple, but that's a style of play. I'm sort of consistent, but inconsistent, consistent with what happens over a season because it always goes like that. Whereas last couple of seasons, I probably haven't had that. I probably played with more fear. Um, and scared of getting out nice and early and been more consistent, but my strike rate hasn't been as high. So um, I suppose you can look at it two ways. Do you want to be more consistent with the bat each game? Or do we, in my thinking, and a lot of other T20 specialists, they would rather have a match-winning knock every three or four innings and have it like a, you know, um, yeah, not just a 30 or 40, that, that that's okay. I'd rather go 75 every third or fourth games and actually put a win on the board through your single performance. With, with staying on some of the, the mental and, and like thought process, um, even with playing shots, you you know a lot of your highlights have you hitting multiple sixes in a row. After you've hit 
like two or three, are you already deciding the next one's going to go for six? I know it's like, I don't know, the cliche of like one ball at a time and you just take it as a yeah. Comes. Are you like, when you're on a roll, you're just going, I'm going for it? Yeah, look, some days you do. Some days you think, why the hell did I do that? Because you've already got 12 or, thir- 12 or 13 or 15 off the over. But I suppose the older you get, you get more experienced. And uh, what i found is you just read the situation of the game. So uh, one thing, you know, that I told the boys down in Adelaide this year, just ask yourself the question, what does the team need for me right now? And if you've always put that team mentality first, we might be behind the raid or this might be my matchup. The team might need five sixes out of me in that over um, rather than two and then get a single, get down the other end, take on that over. Or it might be hit a six first ball and then, then just go five singles for the rest of it. So if you ask yourself that question, and that's what I try and do more and more, and I know the answer to it straight away. If you put the team first, it's pretty simple. Um, whereas previous days, it was you know young, dumb, careless, Reckless, try and whack the ball, but the more games you play, you know, the more footies there is, they know where to bowl or shut you down. So you've actually got to use use a brain sometimes. What question did you ask yourself when Ben Hilfenhaus was coming down to you at the MCG? Um, <laughs> I, I remember. <laughs> well, what, do you know what happened the first ball? What? So the first ball, he's bowled at like hard length and it's hit the splice of the bat. And I thought, Oh man, I'm gonna get him before he gets me. So I just thought, <laughs> right, next ball, I'm gonna go and go and go. And it was a freezing cold night as well, so I wasn't really in a mood to, to you know, just block and sort of nudge it around. Um, also, I do remember that game. We had to score about 260. Um, we had to win with a huge bonus point, so we had to, you know, we had nothing to lose basically and have a bit of fun. So you hit five sixes in a row off, off after you've copped a little sweetener up 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 in the rib cage. You've hit five sixes. Oh in no, a row. It, did, it, it didn't. It didn't hit me in the rib cage, but I just remember it just bounced a fair bit and hit the splice of the bat like a lot higher up than I thought. And I just thought, man, what am I doing? What like don't block the ball, just get on with them. That's when I'm out there to score runs, not survive. So take it on. And um, a big message in that was just not get too far ahead. One, one ball at a time, as Dan said. Keep your head still, swing hard, but we had these big monster bats and why not use it? You, you must have been seeing it absolutely beautifully to be hitting <laughs> five sixes in a row. He's a good bowler. Yeah, yeah, he's a gun hill. I've got so much time for him. Such an awesome bloke as well. And uh, it's just one of those things. Um, yeah, when you're, when you're in, you're in. Go big. And it worked for me that night. Um, you know, I listened to the commentary back, how he certainly loved it. Yeah, there are. Um, He's up and about. So uh, I suppose at that point in my career, I was all about, you know, trying to make those big headlines, big statements, um, not be as consistent, you know, with my uh, run of performances, but, you know, have some talking points and career highlights. Just talking about career highlights, um, coming up against the wild thing, which is Snatched him out of your home, the, the Gabba. You just, you literally hit him out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So the wild thing, he's steaming in. He's steaming in. They, and why is he called the wild thing? Because he doesn't know where they're going. So how am I supposed to know where they're going? <laughs> but generally, most balls are first. Most bowlers' first ball is trying to hit the top of off. So I'm thinking, come on, Tate, just try and hit the top of off. Because I've got, I've, I've got to try and swing before you let the ball go because you bowl that fast, mate. And again, I've got this big bat in my hand. It's the first ball of his spell. I'm thinking if I can rattle him early here, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll have the wood over him and then I can just maybe manipulate the over. Uh, and then I think halfway down, I've got the ball I wanted. I've swung hard. I've, I've connected. I, I actually thought I hit it straight up. That's how it felt off the bat. And then <laughs> kept going. And uh, <laughs> I thought well, that was pretty good. And I'm batting with Brendan McCallum. I thought, he's just like, not bad. It was like, Bad. <laughs> give me more than that. Give me something. <laughs> Saying that though, we we needed, we still needed, you know, another hundred to win the game. So, a team first mentality, as I mentioned, um, win the game, and then we celebrate and talk about the fun stuff. Did you feel that hit the bat at all? Like in my very limited cricket, like if you hit oh, that tell spot, us, tell us about. No, I'm your... saying if you hit that spot, it doesn't even you don't even feel it hit the bat, like because it's just like right in the middle. Well, I actually don't think it hit right in the middle, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> no, I was just I just had 
as I said, I, I was ready to swing the bat before he let the ball go and then just follow through with it. Um, but yeah, no, Tony, mate, he's such a good man. He come in the change room. We had the best laugh after the change, uh, after the game in the change room. And we just talk about that stuff. But I, the look on his face when he was walking back to the mark, he was like, mate, what do you do? It's like, you just, you just get on with it. Um, you know, it's, that's why you play the game, I guess. But, um, no, very good memory. And that's another one that, help put me on the map. I'm probably due to do something cool again soon because I reckon it's been a couple of years. <laughs> Good. Hit a few more out of the stadium. That's great. It's something that I – a little, little bit of jealousy. I, I love having a beer as well. Shelters usually are mm-hmm. my drink of choice. Um, look, I, I think cricket – um, again, you won't be able to answer how other sports do it, but like you, you guys, you know, you have the opportunity to sit down and have a beer with the opposition, and it sounds like it does happen pretty regularly. I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool part of the sport. Oh, it's the best. You know, that's the reason why I play the game, to sing the team song after with with a beer in hand, not a water, like the AFL fellas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, sing the team song, but I actually believe that's where you learn the most about the game, um, whether, the, you know, we have a rule, whoever wins, you know, the losing team has to come into your change room or, or vice versa. Um, and that's where you learn the most, I believe. And um, putting yourself out there as a, as a youngster, when you do make your domestic debut or international debut, don't be shy, get out there, go go say good day to, you know, whoever got you out or, you know, whoever bowled at you for a long period of time. You know, what were you thinking at that time or how, how are you going to get me out and or vice versa again, how was I thinking to score a few things like that. And, you know, the, the greats of the game, they offer their time and their services over a beer. You know, they love sharing their content, their data, everything that they've learned. And, and that's what I think is so special about Australian sport. How how rowdy, like what's the rowdiest it's got back there? Like how, how, like are we just talking, you know, a couple of beers off the wood or are we, like, are we talking <laughs> Going like to midnight. 10 to 20 beers and <laughs> lock the doors type oh, so, Nah, so when we're singing the team song, we probably go through about two cartons of Forex. Um, yeah, you know, not not a lot gets consumed, but it's sort of a bit of carry on from the boys. Um, <laughs> but no, like it depends. It depends on everyone's schedule. It, obviously, it was much harder last couple of years with the COVID stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, previous to that, or even now, if you don't have an early flight in the morning, blokes will happily um, stay in the change room. You go out now, there's phone and cameras and all that stuff. Whereas you can just lock in into the change room, and as I said, it all depending on the schedule or, or your mates. As well, some with the international players, you know, coming you know, to the Big Bash or wherever, coming and going, you, they might be some of your best mates as well. So you don't want to waste an opportunity to have a drink and catch up with them. So, again, it's, it's all part of the game that I absolutely love. Is there any stories like Darren Lee <laughs> jumping in like Michael Klim that you can share with us from uh, perhaps some experience after a game with any players that spring to mind? I know I'll put on your spot a little bit, but I just always interested in what actually happens behind those <laughs> doors. Like, what are you blokes doing in there? Oh, <laughs> that's why it's behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, there was a, there was a moment, another Darren Lehman moment. Uh, you won't mind me sharing it. We we called him Krusty Demon Lehman for a while there. Um, why? Some bloke some bloke rode his bike to the Sheffield Shield final on day four, um, and the game was in the mix. But we were always going to stay after a final at the Gabba, and then somewhere we've made a ramp on the Gabba and. It was quite wet, so buffs <laughs> flying on the bike, and uh, the, the bike slips, and it didn't. It doesn't even go over the ramp. He hits the ramp that hard, <laughs> broken a couple of ribs and, and whatnot. But yeah, crusty demon Lehman, and we thought that was very good. <laughs> was that on the Gabba, like on the? Oh, not on, not on the square, just on the boundary road. You know, I think we we're using an advertising board or something. Uh, put a, I think we had a carton, a carton of gold underneath the, the advertising board, made it like a ramp, and uh, <laughs> you can work out the rest. That's unreal. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard um, or seen it televised a, a cricket team song. Like it's such a big deal in footy. I don't know about rugby. I don't know what they do over there, but in in AFL, like. You know the the, the post game match stuff will stop because they got to go into the rooms and hear them sing the song. I don't think I've ever seen cricketers sing a song. No, nah, yeah, spot on there. I, I guess they don't really do the the change room uh, interviews uh, anymore. I think you know whether that's just what they want out of the product from Seven or Fox. But yeah, you don't really see too many um, interviews pre game either. It's generally out in the field now. Um, it's not really a tradition, I suppose, um, in, in the cricket world like the AFL is. Um, 
but I, I'm okay with that. Um, as you said, the inner sanctum is a special place to be, and I think they should only be allowed certain times to, to have the access um, because, as I said, you, players want to get to that level to earn the right to have that access in, in the inner sanctum. I think that's pretty special. What's what, what's your preparation like for games, Linny? What do you do? You sit down and have a couple of waters and make sure you're carbo-loaded or what are you doing before you <laughs> <laughs> Well, it depends. Um, depends how many runs you got under your belt previous games. Depends whatever. <laughs> I've, I've played, I'll be honest, I've played games that I've been hung over and, and I've gone out I've gone, gone out and brained them. I've, <laughs> I've, had games, I've had games where I've had the best preparation and gone out and got zero. Um, you know, I'm not saying do one or the other. It's totally up to you. Um, and everyone, um, computer works a little bit differently, but it depends on your environment and what you're comfortable with as well. If you're in a young environment, you try and you obviously do the right thing and be a role model. If you've got a slightly more experienced environment, you know, like some of the IPL teams, you don't mind having a beer or a wine over dinner and um, preparing that way. Some guys get very nervous the night before games, so it actually helps them, you know, go to sleep at night. You know, with the games being at eight o'clock at night in some venues, you know, I normally go to sleep at you know eight, 8 p.m. myself. So I've got to try and either you know stay up a little bit later the night before, or go to bed real early and get another nap in during the day. So everyone's different, but um, mate, I'm, I'm pretty chilled. I don't, I don't have a set routine, but um, yeah, the one rule: before twelve, your time; after twelve, team time. Okay, very good. Like that. Yeah, that's good. Like actually, that. happy with that. Man. Mm, I like it. Um, I've, I might heard, do that myself. I've heard some pre-game rules, and uh, <laughs> often revolves around the opposite sex. We won't get into those, but that's the sort of rules I've heard before. Footy games, mm. and others, and make sure you get your pastor into you know, yeah, game right. raids. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say there's too much opportunity to be playing hungover in footy. Um, Fifteen kilometres running around at high speeds, you'd probably be throwing up quite a bit. <laughs> uh, now, um, yeah, yeah, mate, I, I hit a cricket ball, mate. I might hit four balls and field a short pine leg, so it's pretty <laughs> quite contrasting. Balls, pine leg. Lily's just <laughs> ball's not going to go there. I'm just going to stand it. Now, uh, Lily, would it be fair to say that? Um, you know, you're, you're, you're a pioneer in, in really forging your career as a white ball cricketer, you know, um, playing multiple teams, international cricket, given the IPL <laughs> surge, you know, as you're coming into the game. Like, do you, do you see yeah. yourself as that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I suppose for someone that, you know, that was five years ago now, no one did it mid-career um, from Australia. I was sort of the first to do that. Um, a lot of guys like your Shane Watsons and, and whatnot, you know, re- retired from, you know, obviously played a, a truckload of test cricket, ODI's cricket for Australia, and then you just, you know, smooth that down to just T20 cricket. But I suppose I chose the T20 pathway much la- younger than, than the rest. And don't get me wrong, I copped a lot of flack about it because um, my numbers in four-day cricket were actually, are actually not too bad. But just the thought of losing a toss in field for two days absolutely killed me. And um, <laughs> no, I, I did have a couple of shoulder recons as well, which didn't help. And I think the worst feeling in the world was I could play sort of two or three days, but I couldn't get through the other two or three, uh, one or two days as well. And knowing that you're letting your teammates down with a with a sore bum shoulder is not a great feeling. So um, you're happy to play through a bit of pain, but when it's sort of reoccurring all the time, um, and with the opportunity of T20. What it is now, um, you know, that's what I'm grateful for. There's that pathway. I suppose the biggest thing is actually being committed and genuine and authentic to my decision, not going back and forth through one day cricket or, uh, you know, longer format cricket. Just stick to my guns. And yes, it is, it does get a bit lonely at times. Yeah, you play in all these teams, but actually, now I'm not in Brisbane, well, don't play for Brisbane Heat. Actually, don't have a team here in Brisbane that I play with. So, Everyone thinks it's all these bells and whistles. Yeah, it's money and you fly around, this and that. So um, I can tell you now it's, it's it's nearly a complete opposite of that because, yeah, you're on the road a lot and, and you don't have, you know, you go your own strengths work, um, you know, your own sort of dietitian or, or, or physio. You don't have that team environment, which is what we actually, we love as athletes is being in a, in a team environment, having fun and, and whatnot. So, um Saying that, I've, I've had some great days. You know, <laughs> there's no better feeling than getting home to your family away from a team environment or not having to go to a Monday morning session just to do skin folds. I can just sit at home and do what, or train whenever I want. So there are pros and cons to it all, but I've absolutely loved it. Did, did you did you have to give up <clears> on a dream to play test cricket for Australia? Like, was that a dream of yours? 
I definitely was, but I, I was pretty realistic with myself as well. I was slowly going down the pecking order. Um, but my love for the longer format did um, decrease as well. So I didn't want to do something if it was, if my heart wasn't in it. I think that was really important. And I knew that when I was, um, there was a game at, um, at the Gabba. I got about 80 odd in the second innings. I was trying to set a total and I got caught on 87 and there was nine fielders on the fence in a shield game in day three. I was like, I just could have hit 13 singles, had the easiest you know, century in my life. Uh, I think I only faced about 50 balls at the time, but I was like, no, nah, I'll just get it done in two and a half balls. <laughs> I was bringing up a couple of sixes and a single, that'll do. But, um, like, yeah, that's sort of when I knew that this is, um, yeah, my love for the longer format wasn't there. But um, going back to when I first started, of course you want to play for Australia, um, but I was just realistic. Yeah. Do, do you enjoy watching test cricket? Uh, I actually enjoy watching day-night test cricket. Um, you know, in that twilight zone, twilight time happens when there's a bit on. I really love watching England play cricket at the moment, the way they're going about things, more so when they're batting. Um, but for me, it's probably just more about watching, you know, different personalities bat. Uh, when Mitch Marsh is at the crease, something's going to happen. He's such a gun. Glenn Maxwell's the same when he gets his opportunity in the test era. Um, guys like Ben Stokes, um, Ben Duckett, these guys are taking the game on. Um, in a longer format, and I think it's great to see. Do, do you think that's sort of where Test cricket's going? Because I, I mean, <clears throat> like, apparently, you know, England are revitalising batting in Test cricket, and they're just sort of really going Basball. for it. Basball. Yeah, is that is that where Test cricket's? <coughs> a lot of people. I mean, the the chatter around recently has been that Test cricket sort of lost its sort of shine um, for various reasons. But do you think it needs to progress for people to stay interested? Uh, well, it's a win-win. So you talk about the baseball scenario, and he, he absolutely hates that term, by the way. Um, <laughs> the, the the viewer loves it, but they also hate it because it only goes for three days. What do they do with the other two days? Yeah. The same for administration. They lose out on two days of, of money making. So <laughs> what, which one do you want? But you know, we've got it. We've got the Ashes coming up in in a month or so's time. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait for it. You know, you've got baseball against Hazelwood, Cummins, Starkey. Gaza line, that's going to be absolutely epic. So uh, that's, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to be over in England at the time. So I'm going to be glued to the TV or in the stands watching. And um, I think that's going to be a, be a real test of, you know, England's character and also Australia because um, we're talking about plan A, plan B before. Australia's got to stick to plan A, even if they, you know, even if they, they might be none for 150 in the first session. That's not this, what Australia, Australia normally come up against, but it's going to be a great challenge. It's going to be great viewing. Um, Lenny, uh, just touching back on uh, the, you know, I know it's, you're not lonely and you know, you've got no mates, but the, the loneliness factor and the individual nature of a team sport, like given what I guess you've chased effectively, like read out the teams you played for, like Queensland State team, Brisbane Heat, Deccan Chargers, uh, however you say that name, the Sunrisers of Hyper, uh, <laughs> uh, Kolkata, Nightrunners, <laughs> Jamaica, the Jamaican Talawas. The Gona Amazon Warriors, Kaluna Titans, Trinobago Knight Riders, Lahore Quandas, St. Kitts and Nevis <laughs> Patriots, Mumbai Indians, Molten Sultans. Molten Sultans That's is very brilliant. good. <laughs> the Northampton Shears, Steelbacks. Holy shit. Adelaide Strike, <laughs> Golf Giants. I mean, you've played for some teams, mate. You've seen some people. Yeah. There's an individual nature to it, isn't there? Yeah, so you'd like to think I've got one or two mates around the world. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I suppose, like, it's – um, and that's what I love about the, the T20, you know, pathway that I've chosen. You get to meet so many people, not from you know, my era, but the previous year, whether they be coaches or commentators. You know, guys, one or two or three teams generally stay in the same hotel. So, you know, you get to not only play against them, but you're at the bar with them or having dinner with them or breakfast and understanding – that they're normal human beings as well. You know, when you're 19 or 20, don't, when I shit myself meeting these guys, that mate, just understand, getting this through your mind that they're normal human beings. And the quicker you learn that, the, the more success you have at an earlier age, I believe. How does it go from a scheduling point of view? You play with all these teams, you're also holding, I'm sure, a Cricket Australia contract. Like, how, how does that go fitting all of that in? And, you know, do you have crossover? How does that all work from, from your point of view? Um, so no, so no quick Australia contract for me. Uh, I did for a couple of years there when, um, but I suppose when you are contracted to Cricket Australia, um, you 
obviously that's priority. Whatever Aussie series is coming up, um, that's priority and preparation's priority there. But um, the last few years, I haven't had that. Um, so I can basically sign up to any any um, competition around the world or, sorry, get picked up in a draft or an auction. And, and that's the biggest thing. They're, they're mainly only one-year contracts, so you've actually got to perform in that that um, series or tournament. Otherwise, you'll run the risk of not getting picked up the next year. Yeah. Um, but I actually kind of prefer that because it keeps you on the game. Um, you train hard, you're motivated, you're disciplined, all, all those things that, you know, are drilled into you. Otherwise, you know, and I do admit I had a five-year deal at Brisbane Heat. I got complacent for one, a couple of years there, you know, because you know you're still going to be there next year. And um, I, I reckon I'm not the only player that's had a long, you know, long-term contract that does go to sleep for a couple of years. And yep. it's not through lack of effort, but you just – you're not there 100%, I believe. And as I said, I, I like to pride myself on being brutally honest. And, yeah, it, it wasn't good enough from – if if I was a CEO or a coach at the time, it wasn't good enough from, from my point of view. Yeah, I mean, that's not – I would say that's not solely to cricket. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. No, it's, yeah. it's the same Absolutely. thing. Um, so, so you like the – I mean, for a better term, it's, it's a lack of security, really. I mean, you're going from tournament to tournament, team to team. <coughs> And if you don't perform, if you have, I don't know, three or four bad tournaments in a row, you're out of a job, right? Yeah, absolutely. But for my coaches out there listening, I wouldn't mind another five-year contract. By the way. <laughs> 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 um, but, um, no, it just, it just does keep you a little bit sharper. But, um, yeah, it's, mate, it's just it's part, all part of the journey. Everyone goes through it. As you said, it doesn't just happen in cricket. It's, I've seen it in AFL and rugby league. Been um, saying that, the opposition are allowed to work you out as well. So, again, it might not be through lack of effort or training. Um, teams, you're allowed to get good ball some days. Some days you hit it straight up and they catch it. Uh, there might be a couple of drop catches when you have a successful season. So there's more more ways to skin a cat than, you know, just falling asleep. Talk to us about the uh, Indian Premier League, mate. Let's spend <coughs> time uh, on, on India. I mean, just, just a huge fan base, but the experience of playing that in – you know, for your first time and the auction, how does all that work? I mean, maybe focus in on the fan side of thing. How, how good is it over there? Ah, uh, mate, it's like um, it's like AFL Grand Final week for the eight weeks. <laughs> if I can put it in in, in simple terms, it's yeah. absolutely mad. It's it's cricket on steroids. Um, but what it has ha- has done, it, it's changed. When I first went there about uh, eleven years ago, now um, it used to be play then party heaps. But they probably stopped about, um, well, after the first year I was there, probably stopped three years after that. And it's fully serious now, fully committed. Um, you know, when cricket, T20 cricket hit the market, it was hit and giggle. That was the term used. Now it's a business. There's so much money involved, whether that be from a franchise team owner, whether it might be from guys but punting on it. Um, and, it's, and it's blokes' careers as well. Blokes are making a career out of it. So there's so much on the line now that it is – Full time, one hundred percent, a business. That that first part of your IPL <clears throat> career, you're you're on lists and you're bouncing around. You didn't play a lot of games. You played one or two games in your first three years. Is that? Yep. Um, what's the process there? Are you on a list and getting paid a wage, and you're back to your reserve, or, or what's happening? Um, yeah, so both picked me up when I was uh, maybe a 19-year-old at the Deccan Chargers. Played one game in two years. The guys in front of me were Kumar Sangakara, JP Dominic, Cameron White, Dale Stane. You know, these, I'm, I'm not playing ahead of these guys unless we're bottom. I got my one opportunity because we couldn't make the finals. They just got the last game of the tournament. It's like, well, if I've been on the pitch for six weeks and you throw me in the last game, come on. <laughs> like, I knew I wasn't going to play, so I was just training and then just doing <laughs> socialising. Um, but, yeah, now, like, there's so much more rotation in the modern game, whereas back then they had their set for overseas players because um, you can only play for it at the time. So, um, oh, it's, it's whatever you want to get out of it, you can get out of it. If you want to train, work hard, which I did, but I also got the, the social side of things, you know, out of it as well because uh, India can be tough if you're there for, you know, longer than eight weeks, um, you know, especially being 19, not, not you know, climb ties to the food. The, the drinking out bottles of water, brushing teeth with bottles of water, that was all new to me. So it took a while for me to adjust and spend a few days on the toilet here and there. But it's all part, <laughs> as I said, it's all, it's all part of the journey and um, getting to mix with the, the greats of the game. That's one thing I absolutely loved and they're some of my best mates now. Did you, um, did you come across 
I mean, you must have come across some crazy wealth over there. You hear about wealth disparity and stuff like that. And but some of these team owners and stuff. Did you get invited along to some, um, you know, crazy houses that you would have um, visited with the team? Yeah. So uh, the Kolkata Knight Riders owner Shahrukh Khan. So he's the number one Bollywood actor. Um, again, just another normal person. He didn't care if we win or lose. Just put in. Just all about attitude. You commit, you do, you know, someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. And in T20 cricket, more likely than not, you lose by five or ten runs. You know, bugger all, one or two deliveries. So um, he was such a normal person. If we had a bad day, he would come in, give you a pat on the back and say, don't worry about it, you know, keep moving forward. And um, then when Mumbai Indians, they were owned by the um, Akash Ambani, um, Ambani family, which are the wealthiest family in India, basically run India. Great people as well. And, you know, their house is 20 stories high. Um, you know, they've got a traffic traffic controller at the top of it. Um, you know, but again, normal people. Yes, they got a lot of dough and um, it was quite funny. Like he said to him, he's a mad, um, I think it's Arsenal or Liverpool, one of those. He goes, I want, really wanted to buy um, Arsenal. He goes, why didn't you buy it? He goes, oh, mum wouldn't let me. <laughs> I just thought that was absolutely gold, but. Again, normal people treat people how you want to be treated, regardless of you know how much cash you got or not. Um, but it was yeah, really special to you know, or really privileged to be a part of those change rooms and and as you said, be lucky enough to be invited into their home. You know, you know they get swarmed over there in that Indian culture, and for someone like the little kid from Brisbane to be invited is pretty cool. What what are the fans like specifically? Like it, it <clears> looks pretty crazy over there, but what's it like as a player? Like are you got any stories of like, – you're an absolute superstar over there, right? You're a superstar here, oh, mind you. The guys I, guys I play with are uh, like you go out for lunch with Glenn Maxwell or Dale Stane, we'll just go into a subway um, and we'll go in there and turn around there will be 400 people in a matter of four minutes. You know, yeah. so the, the security guard ends up locking the door and things like that. We'll get our subway, have our meal, and away you go. And, uh, mate, it's pretty cool. I suppose <clears throat> it's very humbling as well. You've got to learn patience over there uh, in, a, in a good way. Um, you know, they're just mad for cricket. They know my stats better than I know my stats. And um, they remember all these great memories, um, you know, which we might vaguely remember. They just absolutely love the sport. But without them, we don't have the game what it is today. So... Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, another family, the Adani family, they own the Golf Giants, who um, I just come back from Dubai with, and another great family opening up. They obviously get a couple lot of flack with uh, what's going on, um, but they, they also do a lot of good things in the world. And people, I suppose our nature, we're so quick to hit the negative uh, narrative of, of you know, whether it's a company or a person. Whereas I, I, something that I'm trying to do lately is just flip that on its head and let's actually see the good in people or you know, the conversation, whatever it is, a positive narrative. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's cool. Uh, you certainly you certainly don't get to see it inside like you have either. Like, I mean, we're we're just sitting watching, and you read what the newspapers say, but you that's right. Yeah, and look at it. Um, what, what about the auction process, Linny? I mean, you've you've gone for some pretty staggering amounts. Twenty eighteen jumps off the page, almost one point nine million dollars at auction. What's that yeah. process like? I assume it's not like the um, AFL draft where they invite the, or is it? Like, do you get to go to them, or are you copping feedback from Australia? Where are you in these? Things? Uh, so I've been in Australia the whole time. So I think, um, yeah, I was on a four-year deal with Kolkata, um, uh, maybe two seventy, two eighty or something. Um, not, not that's nothing to scratch your nose at. By the way, like, I was over the moon, um, <laughs> and then. I had a really good year and then the auction come around. I was actually playing a game at the Gabba, a semi-final, Brisbane Heat versus Melbourne Renegades. And I had, had it on my live stream on my phone and I'm going and I'm doing an interview and I hear Brandon McCullum's and while I'm doing the interview with Howie um, behind the nets as we walk in, I can hear Brandon McCullum's name come out. I knew he was one or two before me. So I'm listening to Baz's price go through the roof and I'm like, oh, I'm up and I'll go into the stadium and the security guard takes my phone. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm about to. So I'm in there and I start padding up to warm up, and uh, the coaches or managers allowed their their phone, so they were actually watching it, and it was just going nuts. I'm thinking, what? What's like? Don't like? Don't they're taking the piss? Like these boys are just jamming up. And then yeah, hit hit that number, and it was over the moon. And you know, 
it's it's life changing. You know, there's no denying that, um, and that's the opportunity that the IPL has provided and um, cricket has provided. So you're always grateful for that opportunity. But I just remember warming up in the nets, and I was like shaking, like I was just getting these you know, pretty easy half volleys, and I was just shaking. I'm like, mate, we got a semi final, like fucking heading the game. Like, you're worried about this thing, and while I'm feeling, you got the mic on, going back up to the commentators. That's all they wanted to talk about. I'm like, I'm so like conflicting interest here yes that's awesome but shit, i need to win this game for brisbane um but yeah like it's 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 a you know it's another viewing uh, opportunity for cricket you know to get new eyeballs uh to grow the game i've always said that's one thing that i want to do regardless if kids want to play first grade play domestic cricket play for australia how do we grow the game um, and I think we're doing a really good job of that at the moment. And, and it's, as you can see through women's, women's cricket, it's just, it's flying. So, um, I think the IPL's, you know, been huge from that. Oh, I know, I know people look at cricket and they think, oh, you're standing around doing fuck all <laughs> in, the, in, the, um, in, the, in the field. Which, uh, but, but in fairness, it's a part of the game and you are performing. And you, like you tell that story about being in a semi final and they got you mic'd up. Um, you know, what, 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 is, what is that like? Like, you still need to concentrate. I, I do realise there's opportunities to have a chat, but like I was saying, you do it brilliantly, right? You, you're mic'd up and you have a chat in the way and then the ball's coming down. Like, you need to switch, switched on. What's it? What's well, I actually love it because it makes the 20-0s in the field go that much quicker. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, uh, I feel a short, fine leg. Hopefully the ball doesn't come to me, but it does come to you sometimes. So you've got to be switched on. A bit like when you're batting. Um, I don't really like wearing the mic when I'm batting because you only get one opportunity. I nick the ball or get clean bowled, I'm off. Whereas in the field, you still, yes. job of cat's not, isn't as bad, um, you know, as, as a duck, but, um, it's all part of the entertainment packages, uh, package. Sorry. And, you know, how do we grow the game? How do we get more eyeballs watching the TV? And, um, you know, I, I think nowadays, uh, you've got to have more layers than just trying to hit a cricket ball or bowl the ball. You know, you've got to have some skills with the mic or um, communication with kids or sign autographs after the game and have, build those relationships. You know, gone are the days now where you can just hit the ball, go off and hide in the change room. Hmm. You got anything That's to finish, cool. Lenny, off with? I've got what I want to finish with. But... No, let's go to that and then Okay, great. Now, um, you're still playing, obviously, so, so you speak about individually training and looking after yourself and preparing, all, all that sort of thing. But, you know, cricket won't last forever. You won't play till you're 60 years old. What, what, what do you do <coughs> in other spaces outside of cricket, mate, that, um, that we can tell our listeners about? And, and you know, what, what sort of things are you doing? Um, so I've got a, a business um, called Playbook, and it's something that I'm really passionate about. It's, a, it's an online booking platform, basically, uh, for all sports, all ages, all abilities. Um, you know, I've always said that, um, you know, the game of cricket doesn't owe me anything. I owe the game of cricket. Um, and now I got coached by a lot of great coaches and quality coaches when I was a young kid, but I was very lucky. Some kids don't get that same access to, to, um, to coaching. So, uh, bring out, bringing out playbook with, um, it's, it's, man, it's awesome. It's, it's my baby. I'm passionate about it. I'm, we currently sit at about 550 coaches Australia-wide wow. uh, in, in 27 different sports. So oh. giving back to the game, uh, not only the game, the community or the, the sporting world is something, as I said, I'm, I'm passionate about. <clears throat> Actually, the best session I've ever, I've ever done is an online mentoring session with this kid and this, this kid's nonverbal and he would ask his brother the question and his brother would ask me and um, after, you know, 27 minutes in, in the 30-minute session, this kid was chatting to me and his mum's in the background crying in tears because she spent so much on therapy and, um, and whatnot. But that was something I was most proud of. You know, we're at Playbook, we're about giving kids confidence. If you've, whether you want to be a winger and move to the centres, whether you want to, you know, go from being a ruckman to full forward, whether you just want to have the confidence to walk in and play a team sport, with confidence you can do whatever you want. So, that's something that I'm really proud about and hopefully can, you know, find a lot more kids uh, like him and, and give him that confidence. Now he's going to, you know, big bash games, yelling out, carrying on like we all do. And, and that's, that made me feel really special. And that's something, as I said, I'm passionate about to give back. Um, so, yeah, it, we're, we're growing. Um, as I said, we've got 550 coaches. We want to have 5,050, you know, all around Australia. 
uh, we, we, we're going to turn this into something epic and, and move the um, stagnant uh, stagnant position of private coaching and mentoring into a professional um, you know, database. Sounds unreal, mate. Yeah, now, bloody good sell. I'll be yeah, really good. I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to be signing up. As a coach. <laughs> yeah. I actually am. Um, how, how can how can people get involved with that, mate? Kids or uh, parents or business owners? Download an app. I'm assuming. Yep. So we're working on the app. It's currently a mobile website, but the app is only a couple of weeks away. Playbook.coach. It is. Reach out either to their Instagram, to my Instagram. Uh, Linny underscore 50 uh, whoever and someone from the office or, or myself will get in touch um, look I, as I said I'm passionate about it I'm not just the face of the business I love working in that space so um, you know a lot of businesses just think oh he's the face of it here and there I love getting into the office communi- communicating again networking not with just businessmen um, but with the young kids of, of the future uh, but as I said all ages all abilities um, here we are very awesome. good, mate. It sounds bloody exciting. Mm, and uh, we'll make sure we give that a push across our social media. But we are up to social media. That's right, Lenny. I know you're very impressed with that, mate. <laughs> you hear me? Social media where we bring you the questions from the fans. You've heard enough from Dan and I. Um, we put it out to our listeners this morning. And I'll tell you what, they've come back yeah. with a fair bit to offer, got to be honest. Um, are you ready for this, Lenny? Could be some real hard hitters in here, mate. Uh, born ready. <laughs> now, uh, let's start with Matty O'Donoghue. Okay. Uh, Hello, Matthew. Is the six you hit against oh, the wild right. thing the oh, yeah. biggest you've ever hit? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it come up 121 on this on that measurement thing, but I call bullshit on that. It's gone about 140. <laughs> 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 it could have gone further. No, it actually landed over on, um, on the outdoor nets. So the groundsman <laughs> took a photo of it. That's pretty cool. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, Jimmy Little. Uh, best one-liner you've received from an opposition player. And I'm going to throw in um, from the from the crowd as well. I know you've had some interactions with the people sitting on the front row there. Uh, well, I'm actually going to say it's from Dougie Bollinger, only because he's not the sharpest tool. But it, I tried to hit him out of the stadium once and uh, inside edge and actually ruptured my testicle. So oh. and the next the, – the next, the next time I'm playing Dougie, it's quite smart from him. All right, come on. He's only going to take one ball here. <laughs> that was the first thing he mentioned when I walked out the bat. So that was the top of my head. I think that's probably, um, you know, the smartest I've heard. Uh, Were you not wearing a, a box? Just or? a follow-up. Yeah. How does that oh, feel? Sorry, I, mate. Uh, look, under edge, straight underneath. And I had a bit of a stride, so there was a little gap between bat and pad. And <laughs> oh. um, Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that hurt as much as it sound like it would hurt. Yeah. Wow. Did you keep playing? Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a couple of big dingers after that, <laughs> um, and then Brad Haddon. It was a cold night in Brisbane. Brad Haddon was we kept. I just started sweating, and because like you know, you get hit in that area. Ten minutes it goes away. It did not go away. Yeah. Wow. I can tell you. It took, yeah, I was laying in the training room in the nude, and it took me 45 minutes to, to try and stand up. That's how bad it was. All right. So, I'm sorry. Anyway, I've sort of got a bit sidetracked there. No, that's, <laughs> that's good. My eyes are just watering. Uh, Dylan Hinchcliffe <laughs> says, why do you think Brendan McCullum has made such a great coach to date? Um, oh, just the way his style of coaching. He's so aggressive. Um Everyone knows how he played the game. He always tried to drive the game. A bit like um, Darren Lehman, um, you know, best form of defense is offense. Um, you guys, he, and he, what he says, he embraces the, the young generation coming through in the fact that these guys hit the ball further. They hit it harder. They bowl faster. Not only they bowl faster, they bowl faster for longer. They're not just one spell. They'll do it for five spells. Um, you know, but he just gives them the facility to do well. Go out there and play the game. If you're in, in any doubt, Go hard, and I think that's you know a great you know mindset to be in in whatever situation. But like what Ben Stokes said, if they're up two one in the Ashes and it's in the fifth test, um, what's going to happen? Are they just going to nut it out for a draw and win the Ashes, or are they going to keep coming at us? So it's going to be interesting viewing. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Richie N five. <clears throat> uh, who's your bunny? And you said you're honest. Make sure you name someone. My bunny. Well, I've got three big bash wickets. I got. Colton Isle out uh, in the Big Bash final and in the semi final we've got Ben Rora and some bloke that goes all right, Aaron Finch. 
Wow, <laughs> you've got to you've got to be absolutely it <laughs> to them. Surely you're setting them off. They were all caught on the boundary. That doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not real. Um, what about go on, Gavin Harris, eighty-seven. Uh, being packaged as a big hitter or T20 specialist only, was that something that you predominantly have done to yourself or was that the way Cricket Australia wanted you packaged? Um, if so, did you stop your red ball pursuits by choice or were you pushed? We sort of touched on it, but that's probably more yeah. direct. Sort of touched on it, but no, I was, I was never pushed. Um, you know, I'm a full, fully grown man. Make my own decisions. Um, I've been in trouble before, so you, you're accountable for your own decisions and those decisions you make, you put your hand up whether you're right or wrong, you just own it. And that's one thing that we did touch on earlier, genuine, authentic with what I wanted to do. As I said, I copped a lot of flack about it, but I own that space. And I think once I sort of explained my thought process from it, a lot of people come around the other side. Um, I guess they just wanted to see me play all formats, but... Uh, if I'm not going to do it, if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. It's pretty simple. And, um, yeah, shooting from the hip uh, is what I love doing in T20 cricket. And it, it brings a smile on the face. But I like to think some bums on seats and this journey over the last big bash. I'd like to think I've, I've been a you know big chunk of the blueprint of it. Um, cool. Now, we're going to finish off with this one. Yep. As usual, Tappy95 says, before belting big sixes in the big bash, how does Linny like his eggs cooked? Sincerely, the egg man. Eggman's definitely poached. Oh, he's a poached man. Okay. Very Are you poaching good. them yourself? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Matt, that's what Uber Eats is for. <laughs> <laughs> You're not ordering poached eggs off Uber Eats. No, no that's what a cafe is. But that's why <laughs> Carly, my partner, says it all the time. Why don't you cook? Like, well, when you just get it off Uber Eats, um, they're going to cook it better than what I'm going to do it. I can just put it in that brown paper bag so I don't have to clean and it's done. Hello. And I'm very time poor, as you can see. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, um, we do appreciate your time today. You've been extremely generous. That's us done and dusted, mate. Have you had fun? Mate, absolute pleasure. Um, I look forward to hearing a bit of feedback. (laughs) That's good. I'll make sure I sign up to Playbook. Maybe maybe Dan can sign up and teach some kids how to bowl five or six, I don't know. Um, we've got a big thank you for all our partners, <laughs> all of our sponsors, Swimply, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., and, of course, Leadable Cameras. And a big thank you to our partners for 2023 season, Fleet Network, Powering Back Chat. Yeah. Um, stick around, patrons. Linny's got one more story for us yep. just after this. Uh, if you're not a patron, you can sign up on the website, backchatpodcast.com.au. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.